Hello, beautiful people. I'm Heat, host of Ordinary Chaos, where we explore the interesting side of ordinary. We often see famous people as interesting and not famous people as not interesting, but the truth is we're all interesting if you ask the right questions. This episode is one of a special three-part bundle within the Person Next Door series. If you're new to Ordinary Chaos, the Person Next Door is a regular person whose daily life might look something like our own. In this mini-series, I'm talking to three trans people. I start and end the conversations much like I've done for any of the others in this series, but the messy middle? That's all about their experience of being trans. In these episodes, there's a bit of coarse language, and there are some topics that you may or may not want your kids to hear, though penis amputation is the only direct mention of genitalia, and we have no explicit conversations about sex. With that, I hope you enjoy these as much as I did. here today with a person next door. Our guest today is Jess, and Jess loves comic books and the beach, and I couldn't pick one, so we'll start with comic books and maybe go over to the beach after that. Jess, talk to us about comic books. Comic books. I've been a comic book fan for many, many years, and actually I started with my mom give me comic book to G.I. Joe, of all things. And my uncle, who was a mason, used to do flea markets. And I got a box of comic books for very cheap. And I just was all in, all in, all in. And I've worked from age 11 delivering papers. And most of that money went to comic books, well into adulthood. And when I sold my comics, I made over 1200 bucks. Wow. Which, which hurt, but at the same time, I, I can't keep 30 comic book boxes that hold 150 <laughs> comic books each to give you a scope of how big my collection is, dating back to 1964 with X-Men number two. Wow. Did you get rid of all of them or just some of them? I got rid of... A good portion, what I kept is the graphic novels where they put six or so comic books. So I have a bookcase that I kept some of my favorite stories and collections from there. Unfortunately, I did sell my G.I. Joe and that one hurt the most because just sentimental that started everything. It was my entire childhood. It's hard to get rid of sentimental stuff. I am an avid collector of sentimental stuff. I just had a friend over and he brought scotch and he pulls out my glasses and starts making. And I go, those glasses are older than we are because <laughs> I just hold on to these things. Yes, we've been purging things here and a few of the things have been sentimental and it, it's hard. It is hard. The best thing is moving. I don't know, I've moved three, four times and each time all right, I got to purge a little bit. And I learn some of the older stuff I keep, some of the other stuff I don't use. So like my t-shirts from high school, my uncle's glasses, the stuff that's older than I am, I keep. The stuff you buy at Walmart as seen on TV, that stuff goes, unless I use it, unless I consistently use it. If I go for a year without using it, unless it's a tool, and even the tools when I do my garage, I'm going to have to get rid of some of them. <laughs> The only problem is with the comic books, I don't collect them anymore. I, I don't feel I outgrew them, 
but at the same time, they've changed so much. And I devote my time and energy into other things. So is it unfortunate that you don't collect them anymore? Or is it just a thing? It's just a thing. Even before I sold my comic books, I just kind of didn't collect them. It just became a little more of a hassle because I would legit have 20 different comic books I would collect. And you go every Wednesday and you get them and you drop down 50 bucks or so. And then I'm reading books and then I'm waiting for the next ones. And it just got a little more monotonous than enjoyable. A couple of my favorite ones went away. They just stopped production. And I just was like, you know, I'm just going to take a break. And I didn't miss going. And then it just grew from there. And here I am. I'm six years or so out of collecting comic books. And no worries. That's a fun story, though. Thank you. We started with comic books and the beach. Tell me what you love about the beach. I grew up with the beach. I grew up around water. We had our own pool. And we would go as a family to Wildwood and go to the shore. Not a fan of the ocean. If I go out past my waist, I'm not a fan. But I'll be darned if I can't fall asleep on the beach. Especially if there's an umbrella. Yeah, I could totally take a nap. Through Ancestry, I learned that I'm 52% Italian, Southern Italian. So I can tan like a mother, (laughs) like nothing. This is before all the skin cancer and stuff that I'm older that I worry about. But my friends would try and tan with me. And I said, you cannot compete with me because I'm using dark tanning lotion and you're red. (laughs) So going with that. We had not gone because New Hampshire, there's no real beaches. And with the transition, I was very nervous going to the beach because that's the first time in the women's bathing suit. And my son's so excited and I'm just terrified, but I love my son and I love the beach. And funny enough, nothing happened. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun to see my son's face because he inherited my love of the beach. He will go. He's a homebody, but once I can get him out, he goes. We went to Maine and we went to, it was a zoo, an outside zoo. And it was, you just walk a couple blocks and the beach is there. And he was very adamant about not leaving. I said, trust me, trust me. And we go there and he sees the ocean and the beach and he darn well lost his mind because he was so (laughs) excited. And I made them the promise that we would go. And that was my first scary time at the beach. And I've been a few other times and they're less, less scary as time goes on. So, And as hopefully each time nothing happens. No, nothing happens. As to be honest, as far as my transition, not much has happened. So I've been pleasantly surprised. So whether I go to the beach or the gym or different spaces, I do not have the issues. That's excellent, because I know there are a lot of horror stories out there, so I'm glad that at least you have not experienced them, or at least in this realm. Right. The things I thought would have been an issue are not necessarily an issue, because when you transition, you know, you have a set idea. I had muscles. I had a six-pack when I was younger. I remember that. I just, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. That is so gone. But I had male features. As we all do, we see ourselves and you transition and you still see different aspects. And here I am three years later. I have been in all female spaces. I work 
and do everything. But still, internally, you have this in your head. And I thought I would have to have so many different surgeries they offer. And it turns out I didn't. So that was pleasantly surprised, not to say that I haven't had surgeries, but not the surgery. I thought I'd need more facial surgeries and such. And apparently I don't. So that's good. Less surgery is always good. (laughs) It is. I have a friend that I have not met in real life yet, and she has had different surgeries. And once you do the face, you do different things with the eyes and whatnot. She has like double vision after consequence of one of the surgeries. And to me, that's that's not something I want because that's going to be with you forever. I don't know a way to fix that. I don't know. I've not heard of a way. Or when you do, I've had one friend reconstruct her jaw and you can lose the nerve in your jaw and you don't have feeling. Crazy stuff happens. You have no surgery, you know, you go too far or something and things happen. So when it came to that, the best thing my doctor says, just wait, just wait and see and you'll be surprised. And I'm glad I listened. So that was good advice. Yes. I wish he was still my doctor. And the only thing we disagreed about with my surgeries, I am very unique as in I got them all done in one year. And my doctor disagreed with doing the breast surgery. At that time, he was like, I usually tell my patients to give it two to three years. And I said, screw that. And I did it within one year. One, because my insurance tapped out and I pretty much got a freebie almost. (laughs) Two, genetically, historically speaking, the women in my family are not bigger breasts. So best case, I would not have. And I went with my doctor. I don't, I have not very much fat. So I do not go with super big breast augmentation. And I'm very happy. That's, I think that's the best surgery. I, it's not the best, second best surgery I've had because it's just more natural. And I just fit in with what I have. Nobody thinks because some people think go big. And if you don't have the frame, it looks weird to me. And I'm just like, I am just the girl next door. I look it, sound it, and nobody has any wiser. Nice. Well, and there are plenty of cis women with ample bosoms who would not like to be carrying them around. Correct. Some, some, Some women have breast reduction. Yes. I know at least two women who have done that because they had back issues. Correct. And that's the other reason I wouldn't want to go too big. And I think I think sometimes some of us wish just maybe a little bit more because if I could have just gotten just a tiny bit, maybe, but I did not have <laughs> the extra skin or cavity because I was so... I was so fit and thin that we couldn't without using expanders. So what that is, they put in small breast things, your tissue grows, they take, they cut you back open, take them out, put in bigger ones, skin expands, they cut you open, take them out, put bigger ones until you're happy. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. It's not that important. (laughs) We're not doing that at all. So it sounds like from what you've said so far that all of these things are kind of a matter of where the line is. So like maybe you would like boobs that were a little bigger, but what they would have to do to make that happen isn't worth it. So it's just a matter of deciding where the line is of what's worth it or these side effects from these facial surgeries. Do I dislike these features enough to take that risk? Right. And I think that line is different for everyone. Sure. And some people I think are not as patient. I think none of us are because you, you just want to live as yourself and get there with that line. I just 
certain things I didn't want. And some people that line is like not a problem because there's plenty of success stories out there. I just didn't want to be that one in a million bad story. Sure. Well, I'm glad the uh, hormones did enough for you to be comfortable. Yes. Thank you. I was, I was very surprised because here in Virginia, my doctor gave me progesterone, which I've never had. And so you take the estrogen and he added the progesterone. Progesterone helps with the mood swings a little bit. Fat distribution, which I don't have much of. So, but with the mood, the sleeping and just the well-being combined helped me. And then before the surgery, I would have had testosterone blockers. You got to block T to get the E and those work on your liver. The progesterone actually works on your liver a little bit too, but not as much as the spirolactone. And the funny thing is when I was on the testosterone blockers and it goes through your liver, you have a glass of wine or me, I like my whiskeys and you have a little bit and you go, whoa, that hits me a lot harder than it did before. So you go, I can't have as many now just because me, I don't, I like being aware. <laughs> yes. And if I'm not aware, I like having my wife by me to make sure I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going back in time, how did you become aware that you weren't who you wanted to be or needed to be? Or how can I phrase that question better? <laughs> I don't know if there's any good way to phrase that question. I knew something was different inside me at around, I don't know, age four. That's pretty common in things, but that's your earliest memories sometimes. I remember kindergarten pieces, pieces, Miss Lynch. And you just remember these things. And I just remember this feeling that I wanted to wear what the girls wore. Those pretty dresses with the knee-high white socks. I was like, yes, I, I don't understand this. You don't know. You don't have words for this, but that's what I want. Mom had no thought or clue. Well, if she had a clue, she really did not. She would have not accepted me. But yeah, that's where it was. And it just kind of doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It didn't go away my whole life. It just continues and goes from there. And you never knew. You knew me back in high school. Never knew. Right. Never knew. I had one friend that still never knew, but we got to go out for Halloween and I got to get dressed up. Her family, which still loves <laughs> me, dressed me up for Halloween and we went out and two things. I had the best day ever because I, I wore the skirt, the stockings, and I we did my hair. And I was like, holy cow, what'd we do? We went all <laughs> along my paper route. So all these people knew me and it's Halloween and they just accepted me. And I'm like, holy cow, is this the best day ever? This is great. And then we went to visit my mom. My mom was living in her own house because I didn't live with my mom my whole life. And we come in and you, you know, it's me. I had short hair, it's just spiked and colored. And she just seemed in shock because the smile you see now every day on Facebook is the smile I had at 15. And my mom was just shook to like, she didn't know what to, I'm like, it's Halloween mom. And she just kind of not in tune to all of that. So, and she didn't live long enough for me to come out. So I wouldn't know how officially Actually, nobody in my family I came out to. No one. Both my grandmother and my mom passed away. And my uncle has Alzheimer's. So either way, he does not know me. So I, would, I couldn't tell you how the reactions would be. I can guess. I don't think my mom would have been a fan. My grandma was way, way old school. Definitely would not have understood. The one person I wanted to come out to, 
I don't know how he would have reacted because he ended up being like a father to me, but I lost the chance to come out to him. And I think that he was internally gay that he could not come to terms with. So I don't know how me being open and such would trigger that for him. Right. But as you saw on Facebook, I've come out to everybody pretty much. The difference is I live in stealth. So when I go to work, I go to my neighbors. They have no clue. I don't actively go out and say, hey, I'm trans. I don't tell work I'm trans. If it comes up and they do a background check, maybe, but nobody said anything to me. So if they know, they don't say, and I'm very happy because it would spread like wildfire because I work in construction. And just as any group of people get together, they gossip and they talk and they talk. (laughs) And boys are no different in that at all. (laughs) I will tell you, they are like children and they gossip worse than the women sometimes. I think that if or when it does come out, it will spread like wildfire. And my thought is when it comes out, just like my friends are on Facebook and the family, you've known me, you've, this is how I am. You know, I'm a genuine, nice person. And hey, I just happen to be trans. Yes. And generally that works well. It does not work well for everyone or every situation because I came out when I was living in New Hampshire. I was an electrician. I had about five different crews of construction people I work with, as well as going to people's houses. And in the middle of all that, I came out. I came out, I think, uniquely as I fly under the radar, but I came out. My boss, who I think is autistic, no face. I had told him I had take off court, my name change. And he's like, okay. Like, okay. Just okay? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> when I tell one of my coworkers, they go, oh, okay, what's your name? Okay, you're getting your name changed to what? Right. You know, my boss just, okay, thanks. (laughs) And then I get the email because he's not good face-to-face. You know, that must have been hard, extremely hard. And I wish you well, and I support you. Nice. I was like, oh, okay, so you're an ass on the job, but at the same time, you got my back sometimes. So that's good. It's like, my son's autistic and sometimes he's an ass, but he loves me because all teenagers are teenagers and that's fine. So so because coming out is a decision that needs to constantly be made, how do you decide when, where, to whom? That is different for everybody. And you decide because a lot of people, it's, it's either I used to have suicidal thoughts versus if I don't take a step forward. I will die. And I took the first step. The stars lined up because my wife had health insurance. And when you look at health insurance, my current health insurance is crap. It doesn't cover everything. But her insurance, when I call, let me transfer you to the transgender section. I go, what? And I talk to this woman. She says, she says, I'm going to hand you, I'm going to send you this packet of all the surgeries and all the things that you can do. Oh, you want to see an endocrinologist? I got a referral for that. Like, holy crap. And I go, holy shit, this is, this is real. My wife did not know. I put this appointment in three months and she did not know until a month before my appointment. And even then she wasn't sure I was going to get on hormones because I was going to, we were going to talk at that appointment. And we did talk, but 
my hair has grown down to my ears. I grew my hair before coming out and I did all these things before coming out. So my first appointment with the little bit of hair that I had and the makeup and the breast forms that I had, I went to my first appointment and I didn't have my voice. I had half of a letter from a therapist because on the war path, as I call it, the W path trans gatekeeping thing that is out there, you need two letters. And I went to my appointment. He goes, oh, okay, cool. We're going to start you on this prescription and we're going to see how that goes. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, okay. I told uh, my wife that I got, I got a prescription. She says, oh, that's fast. I said, yeah, this is happening. And I didn't come home because I was going to visit New Jersey. And I went right from my doctor to my friend's house in New Jersey. Now, the problem was I'm all in femme and I'm driving. So I'm, heck yeah, I'm driving for seven hours. In fam, just go. I, I had no qualms about it because I'm like, all right, I'm just so, so excited and so happy. And I go, shit, I'm going to see one of my oldest best friends. I can't do this. So I take off all the makeup and everything. And I put a hat on. But at the same time, my, my friend was taking a shower. And his wife, Lori, answers the door. And she, you knew it was me. But she goes, Paul, his hair. Look at this hair. Because they noticed my hair. And she couldn't get over that I had hair. And she's like, Paul, you got to get down here and see this. Like, he's going to come down. He's coming down to visit. I mean, <laughs> come on, but you couldn't get over. Here. <laughs> and then my friend, my friend is more loud and such. And he's like, what the heck? You got hair. They could not get over because I've always, always had short hair. And at one point I had to go tea. And that's when I was fighting everything. They just could they were just astounded. And why do you wear growing your hair? Why are you growing your hair? Oh, mm, I'm not ready for that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, just because, because I wanted to always grow my hair and I kind of brushed over it and we had a good weekend. Funny enough, when I finally came out, that same friend, I said, hey, I'm coming to Jersey. You want to visit? I got some news to tell you. And I just messaged him like on Messenger. I'm working and I'm driving from people's houses. And I already came out at work. And he's like, what? What's the news? You got to tell me all different texts, all exclamation points. And he goes, <laughs> what? Are you going to come tell me you're getting a sex change with the exclamation point? And I go, that's exactly what happened. I go, holy crap. I had such a panic attack. I had to pull over. You just freaking shot a, a an arrow through my heart. Like. Holy, oh, and I needed a minute. And then he calls me as I'm driving. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I need to, no, I cannot right now. And now I'm ghosting him. So he's like, what, what, what? And I had to wait till I'm after done work. And then I call him and he's like, all right, what's the news? He's like, you're doing it, aren't you? I said, well, I got to tell you. So I ended up coming out to him and he's like i kind of figured and i was like oh so you just wanted to torture me you fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks well i wasn't sure and he's just a kidder because i'm a big kidder too and he's like Lori's brother's kid is trans and he's known me my whole life pretty much and he's always seen me with short hair and now i have longer hair and after explaining, I have no intention of cutting my hair. He just kind of shot in the dark, hit it on the, the head. 
and scared the <laughs> hell out of me all in one. So that was probably the most coming out story I could probably say because it scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> Who was the first person you told? I would guess it was your wife, but. Shell. Shell knew. She knew. She knew the cross dressing. She knew the struggle. She didn't understand because I could not verbalize the depression or the internal feeling. And um, I came out to her and she struggled because she wasn't expecting me to get on hormones. And I start taking the hormones to see what happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens when you first take the hormones because they take time. But the funny thing is, once you take that first step forward, it's just like euphoric. Holy crap, this is happening. And I'm not against it. And I'm like, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Like the feeling that you're on a goal to accomplish, hopefully something is just, ah. and she saw the change in me before the physical changes, the mental. That's when she first saw the smile. She's like, I haven't seen you smile like that in years. Not that I don't smile. I enjoyed my life. Three kids, family, everything. I love my life. But the actual joy and smile for myself, she saw. And so, yeah, I came out to her. And at first she struggled because when we were married, she found out about the cross-dressing. And she didn't like to see me and cross-dressing. So she didn't like to see me as a woman. And I'm like, that was a whole internal struggle. Because now here I am on that path and I'm like, holy cow, because to stay married in transition is very rare and not easy. And it's a unicorn situation. The horror stories, you're not married, your kids reject you, your family rejects you, you get kicked out of your home. All these different things are going into my head. And the, the woman and family that I've had for the last 20 years was on the table of losing in my head. But at the same time, I still got to take that first step because not taking that first step, I would end up dead. I bought a concealed carry gun permit. I do not have guns. I do not shoot guns. I've never had a gun. And I had a concealed carry permit. Your brain just goes. And I didn't like that. I didn't like those feelings. I did not like those thoughts. And I'm like going forward. And even if it cost me everything, I got to take that leap of faith. Then the funniest, most amazing thing happened. Everyone I've ever known and cared about has come back to me tenfold. Not everybody, everybody, but Shell, like I said, struggled. She read up and researched everything trans. She talked to my therapist and she realized, you know what? I'm going to be your supporter. I'm going to be one of your biggest supporters. And I'm just like, really? All right. All right. I really thought I would lose my my wife over this. And it turns out, no, not. And um, then we told my kids at Easter. So I started hormones in November of 2018. And that Easter, we came out to my kids and they were shocked. And that was the same weekend that my daughter was going to get married in October. So I say, how old were your kids at the time? I don't know. 22, 24. Robbie was 13. 10, 10, eh. I'm going on my fourth year. He's 16, 12, 12. Shannon, my oldest, struggled because she brought me this little plaque that says, Dad, because my daughters are my stepdaughters. 
dad, even though we're not the same blood, will you do me the honor of walking me down at my wedding? And I did not know this. So I I came out to her and Kelsey because I can't do one kid without the other. Right. And then she, she talked to mom and mom says, just give it. And I'll tell you what, that was one of the first times I cried with tears of joy. It wouldn't be the last by far, but that was, you know, one of those holy crap moments that here I am coming out. And instead of rejecting me, because she could have changed course and just not given me that and just not tell me. Right. And no, I walked my daughter down the aisle. <laughs> so they both were on board. And Kelsey, my middle child, came out as gay. So I, I knew she wouldn't abandon me. Out of all my kids, I knew she was mine forever. <laughs> so then they were all on board. And then I just had the struggle and come out at work. So, and that wasn't until July. And then that same year in August is when you and Facebook found out. So, pretty much within that year. And then November was my first surgery. So, I had my daughter's wedding in October. November was the biggest surgery of my life. It, it was. Uh, a whirlwind of time. It's a big year. It was a big year. It was a very big year. With work, as I said, my boss was just like, okay, and there. And I texted my other two coworkers. And my one coworker was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally on board. They both said they're on board. But my one coworker actually called me and said, I would have responded earlier, but I was at, with friends. And I just wanted to call and say, I love and support you in anything I can do. And I'm going to mess up on the pronouns. But I'm going to get there. And I was just like, oh, so nice. So nice. And so now my hair is about down to my chin. And I went to work. And now I had to tell five different construction crews. I wore a name tag. Hi, my name is Jess to work. And I painted my nails. And I did my eyeliner. I didn't go too crazy. I did not. But there was a lot of questions. And I'm like, hey, I'm trans. And wow, okay, good for you. Good for you. I had one coworker that was like, nope, he was not mean or so, but he was just like, I'm not on board. He was still pleasant, but he would not use my name. He didn't dead name me either, but he just was not on board. So that wasn't even a negative response, just a nil response because he didn't disown me. He just did not use my name or pronouns. Whereas my other people came on board. They fail with the pronouns as we all, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I went to do one house, the last crew I saw, they were there and they, they called me Mike. And I was like, point to my name badge. And they're like, what? It's Jess. I go, what happened? I said, Mike died. And <laughs> 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 I said, let me clue you in. And they were pretty cool. In fact, the whole house we were wiring were pretty cool because we were wiring it for a daughter. And the mother, the mother lived in one house, the daughter had a house built and they had someone in their life that was trans and they felt comfortable enough with me after working with me for a couple months, because I'm awesome, that they asked my advice on things. And I was like, wow, okay. That's really cool. They actually, my purple blanket back here, they gave me in support of my surgery that I still have. And they gave me um, a purple hair of tie type thing. So it was just this nice little package of their support. And I was like, holy cow, that was awesome. That's so sweet. That I did not expect. And then I think the rest of the crews got on board and normal pronoun stuff. And we just proceeded. And that was the thing. 
and my poor boss because I had to take off a month for my surgery. And then that summer I did the breast and the breast, I can't, you can't lift more than so much, but he stood by me. And my one apprentice left and we had another guy and my anxiety goes, so I email him, Hey, are you going to tell the new guy about me? So it's, I'm not shell shocked because I'm done wearing the name badge and stuff. And he said, Alex was his name. He said, Alex will be on board. I got your back. And I was like, Holy cow. That's, that's, you know, my boss that just says, okay, actually came through. So it's weird because he was an ass, but he surprised me multiple times. And not necessarily in a bad way. So that was nice. And Alex was fine. He just, it's like, whatever. We worked together and just did until I moved. Nice. You said that folks had a lot of questions. Is there a question you keep getting that you're just tired of getting? I haven't gotten questions in a while. So with the cruise and stuff, are you getting the surgeries? How's the surgeries? Tell me about the surgery. You know, stuff like that. My one friend that still supports me and called me, he, he was very curious about the surgeries and they're, the boys are curious. And once I tell them penis amputation is on the thing, they go, whoa, whoa, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear any more past that. Then me being you, me, I said, it's like a banana where you peel part of the banana. And really, <laughs> really are not, you know, like, all right, all right, you can stop. <laughs> ask the question. Ask the question. I, you know, ask it twice. You're getting a little more than because it's, it's a very involved surgery. So I can go into plenty of detail. They don't get past that. But that was probably the question. Some of my friends asked, why'd you pick Jessica? Out of all the names in the world, you can have any name you want. Why Jessica? Because my oldest best friend had a Jessica that did not go well when they dated. So that's a bad Jessica name. And it, why? It's like, why? Why would you pick that? And I go, what other name would you give me? Well, I don't know. Anything. Anything. Well, if it's anything, why can't I be Jessica? <laughs> Really? Did you, did you think I was going to come out with Siobhan or, I mean, what did you have in mind? I don't know. Thinking now I'm just the girl next door. So I picked a name. I picked the second most popular name. Why did I not pick Jennifer? Because I dated a good few Jennifers and I just thought that was not the best thing. And I couldn't change to Michelle because I married a Michelle. That would have kept the initials the same and everything, but Michelle, Michelle, that just seemed weird. When we moved from New Jersey to Virginia, my cross-dressing name kept popping up as Jessica. It was Kimberly back in New Jersey when I was cross-dressing, and we went to a couple of the gay clubs where I could express my cross-dressing. And I'm like, I don't use my name, and I didn't like the name. And I like the names that end with an A. So I dated a Rebecca. I liked a Victoria, something like that. I would have maybe picked Victoria because I like the names and then you can shorten it. So it's just Jess. You know, most people know me just Jess instead of Jessica. And that name has been with me before I ever came out. And funny enough, people we went to church with were Jessica and Aaron. And I go, oh, that's too weird. But I got to see the use of the name and hear that name, not for me, but just hear it. And I go, 
no, I think I like that. I think I really like that. So I choose it. I chose it. So when people ask, they go, why didn't you go bigger? Because I can't and I don't want to because I'm the girl next door. So nobody anywhere thinks anything of her other of a five foot four woman named Jessica with normal size boobs. So, <laughs> so in, any, in any space, we went for my daughter Kelsey's wedding. We went back up to New Hampshire and they had the pool and the spa. So now, again, I'm in a woman's space. Nobody thinks or sees anything. You know, Jessica, I just, no, none of the other women care. I've been in the spaces with women. I've been in the bathrooms with women, the kids, the mothers. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I'm not trying to deceive anybody. I think, as I said before, I flew under the radar. So that means, you know, I grew my hair out before starting hormones. I start the hormones. I still didn't come out. And from November to January, 10 or so months, a little softening of the skin. I'm shaving and doing laser and everything. But I had all these steps before I present to the world. So less likely to get clocked. It served me well. It's not the same for everybody, but it's not just me taking a hormone, putting on a wig and trying to use the women's restroom. Right. Because that doesn't go well in any situation. And that was scary the first 20 times. Anyway, I used to have an app called Refugee Bathroom. So it shows you where the gender neutral bathrooms are. So you don't have an issue and you just kind of go from there. And that's kind of what I did. It came out well. Then we moved here. And like I said, nobody knows anything here. Two different jobs. Nobody's come out or so except my new best friend. He didn't know. He didn't know. But I was at my other company and we worked together a lot and we just click. It's hard to just click as adults. Yes. But we did very well. And we're driving and he tells me he has a son, Alex, you know, his wife's Christine. He's got a son. He's got two sons, but he's got one son that he adopted. And he goes, he goes, Alex used to be Alexis. And I go, oh, Alex is trans. And in my head, I don't know him well enough. And I said, are you fucking kidding me? This is a test. This is a test of all the people <laughs> in the world. This guy's telling me that his kid is trans. Does he expect a response? Because we're just bullshitting. We're just talking. No, I'm not ready for that. It's just like my old friend that guessed. I'm like, I'm not. I am not. I don't know. Another six months later or something than I did. And I was very thankful because... We became friends with both of them. Michelle and Christine became friends. They would walk and Jason and I would work together and hang out and do stuff. And Michelle told Christine that I was trans and I didn't expect that. I did not know that. I was not ready for that. And then I came out to Jason and I was like, that, like I said, that hurt because I did not expect or condone or know about that the biggest thing in my life you told somebody else without checking with me first that took a little bit to get over and it worked out well it worked out fine but that's still in the back of my head just you know it's not a full full-on resentment but if it went bad i would have probably been more of a betrayal of trust issue but it hasn't happened so other than that so we'll see and it turned out well because we just hung out with them last night and see, I was home, so I could have two whiskeys and no, no problem. So. <laughs> I would expect if they have a trans child who they've not disowned, that it would go well. 
Yes, I kind of think it's just presenting with things, especially a new person, a new friend just is new to me. So I wouldn't know, know exactly how to come out to that. So like I say, when and if it comes out at work, then I panic and don't know exactly how best to address that. Just go in the front of the meeting on a Thursday and just be like, hey, (laughs) I know you all hear something, but. And then my friend, my friend, Jason, he's like, typical, did you have the surgeries? And I think that was the last time I got one of those questions. Now we're going further in. And I said, if you put me in a room with a hundred women and we were all naked, you would not be able to pick me out at all. And he's like, oh, and that was the end of it. And I was very thankful. It is fascinating how fascinated people are with your genitals. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's just, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand the bathroom issues. And somebody even famous, Laverne Cox, interview Wendy Williams. She asked about the surgeries. Laverne's like, no, no, we're not going there. I don't understand why people just can't be. My mother-in-law, I did not come out to my mother-in-law. Michelle did. But my daughter came out gay. She went over to their house and came out gay. And my mother-in-law, Republican and very religious. And the judgment that comes along with all of that. My poor Kelsey got the whole Hellfire and Brimstone Act. I wasn't out yet, even though I had some of the hair. They had no clue. And my mother-in-law and I had a decent relationship. She loved me. I was the good son-in-law. I was very well liked. And so she talks to me about Kelsey. And she's like, I can't believe she's gay. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. My daughter. I instantly accept my daughter. I love my daughter. And she just has to, well, at least she's not trans is what she said. Oh. And I did not come out, but my hair, like I said, I started hormones. And I'm like, oh, all right. I did not say anything in my head. I'm like, oh, are you in for a big surprise? <laughs> oh, Lord. They had some adjusting to do. So like I said, Michelle came out to her for me because her initial reaction traumatized my daughter, Kelsey. And Michelle did not want that for me. So whatever happened in the initial thing, I do not know. What I do know is she worked at Walmart. She folded clothes. And I would go into Walmart. And if I went to Walmart, I'd say hi. And she always perked up. And I was like, oh, shit. So I came out. I've seen her since coming out. And I went into Walmart. And I, I happened to take the chance and say hi. And she was, she was pretty pleasant. But then she has to get out the hellfire and brimstone and she just kind of was, you know, that goes against the church. I said, really? It says transgender in the church? Really? Okay. And she goes, you will always be a man. And she just kind of, I was like, I got to go. And I left Walmart in tears because I, I thought I got away a little bit. But those two things uh, stuck in my head. And she has come around. She has come around because I don't shy away from things sometimes i used to i used to be fit into small spaces surprisingly not so much now i think since i found my voice and i'm very comfortable now i'm big i'm big i my new boss he's, he's like oh i know you got something to say you know because i'm not shy and since they don't know i'm just this loud woman that just says stuff <laughs> with my mother-in-law she eventually introduced me at Walmart as her daughter-in-law. So she came around. She came around. I think with people, it just takes time. 
And the best thing I heard is it took me. So it takes you 40 some years to come to terms with yourself and come out. Give people at least a fraction of that time. You cannot expect (laughs) everybody to come on board. And if you are patient and nice, generally they come around. Like my mother-in-law came around. And if not, sometimes it doesn't go that way. I have three best friends, four best friends. And my one friend I had to write a letter to. And when I came out on Facebook, religious mother and parents, and dad's still friends with me. But the mom had to Facebook me on Messenger. And I remember when you were in the band choir and when Jim told me, it was like a punch in the stomach. And I'm just like reading this like, woman, you don't know me very much at all. Yes, I was going to church. I was religious. I went to church for years. Pastor married me and my wife, buried my mother, my grandma. I don't understand your point, but okay. And she just, again, you will always be a man type thing. So she had this long paragraph she had to get out. And then as people do, she blocked me on Facebook and unfriended me. And I was just like, okay. Well, that's better than continuing to spew hatred. I was like, thank you for keeping that to yourself. Exactly. Because I still have that message, but by not being my Facebook friend, that's fine by me. Um, I still wonder how my friend is dealing with it. I had to write a letter to my friend because I didn't know what to do with him. He is the true oldest, oldest friend and not the kid friend that knows me from now, but the friend that's consistently been with me from a teenager through the best man at my wedding to today. And he, he wrote back in a text message, you know, thank you. I don't know why you felt you needed to write a letter, but thank you. It'll take some adjustment, but I will always be here. And he said, I, I used to picture us sitting as old men together in rocking chairs, but I, you, you'll be my sister instead of my brother now. That's all. And I was like, okay. And when I was in the hospital, laid up, he actually called me. And he is notorious, even to this day, that when he calls or talks to me, he's always doing something. So just the other day, I caught up with him. He's at home and he gets on the treadmill to do his fast walking and stuff. Before that, he's working on his car, he calls me. So whatever dynamic it is, I make time for this interview, for catching up with a friend. I have my family and I say, I'm going to take a minute. Whereas he finds a minute to call me, except for that time in the hospital where he made time, he finds time or he goes, oh, Casey's home. I'm going to, I'm going to run because, because why? There's times if we're here and Shell comes home, she just comes home. Hey. And then she goes about her thing. You know, she knows. <laughs> right. But for whatever reason, he um, is all in as a dad and a husband. So he has to go. And that's the relationship we have. Both of my guy friends, I don't talk about the trans trans stuff a whole lot, especially Jim, my oldest friend and religious. I don't know. He's not open enough to it, I guess. He's not against me, but I, I don't feel, hey, I got to repaint my nail. It chipped. I don't express those things to him. Whereas my girlfriends, I have two girlfriends, one I dated and her parents love me. And my other friend has a trans son. So I knew coming out to her. And she's my best friend. She's oh my God, I'm so happy for you. And I go visit. She's like, here's some shoes, here's some purses, and here's some dresses. That's amazing. And if you saw her on Facebook, uh, one of the prides, I wore that dress. I love that dress. 
the meaning and it fits me. I like it. And she does. And I miss her. I miss her the most because it's Jersey and I don't go to Jersey as much now. If I can't just poof, but I have different options to sleep. Now I used to stay at my uncle's house. And now that he's in a, in a home, there's no house. So I stayed with my sister and sister-in-law and they're good. They they're half accepting. They're, they're pretty accepting. It's just weird. They didn't come to my daughter's wedding because they use my name and my pronouns, but they can't support my daughter, my gay daughter getting married. So I'm just like, that's weird. People have strange lines. They do. And we knew my mother-in-law wasn't going to go when Kelsey got married, but I thought that Aunt Rosie would go. Kelsey adored her and she just, no, I can't. That's heartbreaking. That is. Thankfully, Shell is mama bear. Liz didn't come to the wedding, but we were there for the next few days before we came back. And grandbaby was there, brought him Amelia, stayed. We got one big long condo, had different bedrooms. So Liz was like, I didn't come for the wedding. I don't support the wedding, but I will come up and visit. And Shell's like, you know what? This is all about Kelsey. Don't bother. Don't bother. Because the only reason she was coming up was to see her great grandchild, not to see Kelsey, not to see Kelsey or congratulate her on her marriage. Even just to see her happy because Leah is always a friend, not a wife. And Shell's like, no, this is not the time for that. Do not come up. Good for her. I thought that was the greatest thing because people are weird. I don't get it. People have their own prejudices and things. They don't like different politics or religion or color. So they all hate each other. And then you can get almost two racist people to come together to hate on the LGBTQ community, which blows my mind. Yep. We have our common hatred. I I just, yeah, yeah. Navigating all that, I think I've been pretty lucky. It sounds like it. I think so. I I feel I'm pretty blessed. I work hard for it. Well, you have good people. I do. I like to think I've been a good person just about all my life. And just to see that support come back to me, it's just humbling and overwhelming. Because for years, for years, I mean... When I got home from the hospital, it's the same family that dressed me up for Halloween and they support and love me so much. And they're like, if you need a place to stay, you come. You need food, you come. And I was just like, wow, these people love me more than I think my family would have. It's very euphoric because here I am living and doing without issues. I wish that was more true for other people. I wish we could just be ourselves and you just could either maybe stay married or not. People get divorced and life happens, whether you choose one way or another. I was going to say not all divorced people are trans for sure. No, not at all. (laughs) I don't know if that's higher. I know the suicide rate is higher in the trans community. Yes. I know people are being killed for being trans. Yes. I wish some of that would stop. And I wish we would get over the genitalia idea because genitals does not make you a man or a woman. So it doesn't matter what's in between your legs. You just be. You find that when you can just be, you're the happiest and most genuine you can be. And not everybody that transitions or is gay is nice or anything. It's just you're comfortable in your own body. It's comfortable. You're comfortable, say, with your short hair. You love it. You've been had that for years. It's just you. Yes. My long hair is newer to me, but it's just, it's not going anywhere. So. (laughs) Well, what you were just saying led me to two diverging questions. Do you think 
your experience of being trans would be different if our culture wasn't so gendered. Yes. Yes. I, I think that if everything was accepting, I could just choose to keep my same old name and not have to go through so many steps and just wear whatever I want and be however I want without having to go to two different therapists and different doctors and get authorization to do whatever surgery I want. You just are. And I could just be Mike and wear dresses and look good. And that's it. And have makeup and such. Yeah, I think some of that is. But at the same time, some of, you know, everything, once I embrace this, I, I lo- I've always loved the girly stuff and it just comes out more. But if I didn't do the full transition, society, oh, you're just a guy, you're just, what? Or you're a fag because you like these things. And I'm like, right. you know, every guy doesn't like sports and hunting and pickup trucks. <laughs> Even still, you know, I mean, there's guys out there. But people's preconceived notions and thoughts, you know, you just can't be. You can't, you can't be a male and have feminine side because that's gender queer or gender fluid. They, them, people like, what? Pick one. They do. They pick right in the middle. They pick <laughs> right. right in the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that. Does the way that the world interact with you, has that changed or have you noticed differences since you've transitioned? I, I get more mansplaining. And then when I come back and say, I'm, I'm an electrician, I know certain things more than you. They're like, oh, okay. Guys are surprised that I have a motorcycle. What kind of motorcycle you have? You got a little tiny motorcycle. No, I got a 754 cylinder cruiser. <laughs> 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 things like that. I have noticed guys down here are nicer to me. I get ma'am a lot more. And when I have to load a ladder, I've had more than one guy help and or carry a ladder for me that I don't expect. But sometimes the guys are just so nice and they help me. So that never would have happened before. And I can vent and express my opinion. I don't know if it's received the same, but I can say it better because when you get just guys, it's just, oh, it's just another guy running his mouth. And it's like, oh, she's speaking up. Oh, shit. She's speaking up first, you know, so different things like that. I have more people opening doors, too. So that's new. To the point you made just a moment ago, we need to do better for our boys. Yes. Like they need to be able to express and have that be okay and be valid and be listened to. I think so. My son's autistic, so it doesn't necessarily apply. But I do believe men's mental health is a thing. I saw a TikTok video where they had about guys and the guys would say, nobody cares. They expect guys, guys make the money, they earn the house. Nobody cares how they feel, you know? And it had different guys saying these different things. And I'm like, no, I want you to be able to talk. That's where growth happens when we, when we do communicate. Well, and not speaking up doesn't mean the feelings don't exist. Correct. <laughs> okay. But if a guy speaks up around the other guys, then he's soft or something. Even if the other guys are feeling the exact same thing sometimes, I'm like, he's got a valid point. Let's hear him out. Hey, I, f- I feel that too. Pressures of society, the pressures of life, the struggle of things. Biggest thing I'd like to teach the boys is the girls can wear whatever they want and you keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That would be a good one. 
the the thing I learned with that is I've heard how much more powerful the testosterone hormone is than the estrogen. So in trans reference, I have to take so much more estrogen versus a trans male that takes the testosterone. Testosterone does so much more. If you were to detransition um, as a trans male, some of that stuff doesn't go away. I have, there's one YouTuber that detransitioned and still deep voice because that doesn't go away. Your jawline, your bones grit a little thicker. That does not go away. Yes, some of the muscles diminish a little bit, but they're still there. There's no going back to female arms per se, because your muscles change, your whole structure changes, but that doesn't allow the boys to be over boys. You know, I've, I, I grown up with girls. I said, you don't let a guy run over you, talk over you, touch you, anything. They keep their hands to themselves. And I tell my son, you respect every one of these women. And my daughter taught my son that every time we say, how do you look? His response is, you look beautiful. And you go from there and you treat women with respect. And we hope that our boys do well. And I tried to teach my girls not to, I don't care what girls wear. Girls can wear, but at the same time, don't over-sexualize yourself because not all boys are respectful. Not all boys are taught. So I don't want to have you overly flaunt your stuff. Of course, you can wear the spaghetti stuff. Even now, my daughter's 26 years old. I still want her to put on a shirt, but that's me. That's me. That's not you. That's not your body. You wear whatever you, you want and you're valid. I get that. Just the parent in me wants you to cover up just a little bit. <laughs> that's all. And she's like, you've been doing that since I've been 12 years old. I said, until the day you die. <laughs> just... You know, at 12 years old, you don't even have the stuff. It's just, you know, or I just had that in me. And girls should be wear whatever they want. Guys should just be respectful. And we teach them to get along. But that's life. And that's not always the way it goes. So. Right. And all of the times that I've been assaulted, I was in t-shirts and jeans. See? Because I've never been a flaunty dresser. I've never seen you as, you know. And it doesn't even matter the situation sometimes. I have not been assaulted like that, but I've had guys kind of come up to me and start talking to me. And that's a little weird. I have one coworker that I used to work with have a crush on me. So that's a little weird because again, I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing construction clothes. There's, you know, it covers up everything. Jeans and t-shirt. Yeah. So um, what's something that cis people take for granted? everything. Cis people take for granted. They know who they are. They pretty much know who they are and they can express themselves. So my wife, she wants short hair. You got short hair. You can have short hair. I'm afraid if I have short hair, I'm going to have issues. Right. Right. Cis people don't have to think about that. They don't have to think. Now, of course, you got to think the boys that are not taught and stuff, but they can be however they want. They don't have to worry about not getting fired from a job because they're gay or trans. They can go to whatever church they want and not be judged. They're not constantly judged for things and go to the bathroom without any problems, stuff like that. I think there's everybody on earth that has body issues, but they don't, don't normally have as many body issues because when I look in the mirror, even though I look good, sound good, and it's just internally, you think of these things constantly all the time. And I go through a hell of a lot 
that people don't go through to get where I am. You get laser because you're Italian and you got a little tiny mustache. I get laser on my whole body and it hurts like a mother, things like that. So some of those freedom granting, you you get married thinking that your partner's going to be with you. You know, generally forever divorce happens and stuff versus it's harder to get married if you're trans or gay. I've thought about the way that I present and how difficult it would be for me to be me and be trans because I don't wear makeup and I don't paint my nails and I don't have long hair and I don't like wearing heels and like all of the markers, (laughs) things that that I don't do and how I would move into one space of authenticity, but be required to have a different layer of inauthenticity to be able to pass for. Yeah. Yeah. For here, for this interview, I have no makeup. I don't feel like doing it. I wear the same flannels I wear all the time. But when I go out now today, I'm probably gonna wear the flannel, but normally, yeah, I do my eyes every day because it just feminizes the eyes. It's funny how a little eyeliner, even just under the waterline, under your lashes, just poof. And then for for us, um, when you do the little wingtips, it just instantly, that's one of those surgeries where they do your eyes. They pull back your eyes or they open your eyes or the contouring of the forehead. I have hooded eyes. That's normal. Girls have hooded eyes. Guys have hooded eyes. It's not so bad. But yeah, I I am very nervous if I go out without something. Where did you learn how to do makeup? (laughs) Years of cross-dressing and going, holy crap, this looks horrible. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) And then then the internet. And I go, holy cow, that's how you're supposed to do this? Wait a minute. Wait a holy minute. If I do this... Yeah. So YouTube has been a lifesaver as in defining my makeup. To give you an example, my wife, who's done makeup forever, she has an 80s makeup look. Shh. So <laughs> I, I have to say, you don't, don't use so much blush. Please, whatever you do, do not use so much blush. <laughs> and she asked me for makeup help because ever since... I guess once I started transitioning is when I looked and I'd find different makeup artists. Simple stuff. I am a believer. Whatever makeup I wear is more simple. Not that it's not cheap. God forbid Ulta Beauty or Sephora. They're not cheap, but they're good makeup. But I don't cover my face. Some people do the makeup and they just cover everything. And I'm like, I got cheekbones to die for. They're diamond tip. And I'm not going to cover those. those up and so i just do a little bit and it was all youtube wayne goss wayne goss there's a billion people out there and i had like top five people i'd follow and once they got a little too complicated for me i was like "Mm, move on (laughs) i'm good i'm good so how much of your life hasn't changed at all my family definitely my job's the same i'm just treated a little differently because i'm a girl but same job. And pretty much, like I said, all the people in my life are still there. That hasn't changed. I think generally my life, thankfully, has not changed a whole lot in that. It changed. It's more feminine. 
but I can still, as I tell people, girls can do anything that the guys can do. So why do I have to abandon my motorcycle or my tools? My sister-in-law used to drive big excavators. Doesn't make her any less of a woman. So why do I have to, you know? So I don't, I've always enjoyed gardening. So that is just something that some of the guys would be like, plant flowers? Yeah, plant flowers. F you. Whereas now it's just whatever, but that hasn't changed. I, I love my roses. I got four or five different rose bushes. So thankfully, not much has changed. But at the same time, everything's changed. Right. Which, which, which just totally blows my mind because I totally thought everything, everything would change. And it hasn't just based on my connections. How has going from being in a heterosexual marriage to homosexual marriage affected anything? Oh, it's been interesting because we fight over clothes. (laughs) We have one closet now and she organized it. So all the clothes are kind of in that closet. And next thing I know, you're wearing my shirt. Were you going to wear this shirt? I say, no, I was not going to wear a shirt, but it's my shirt. <laughs> I put a J on, on the tag of my shirt. <laughs> Just so I know that you know that it's mine. It's interesting because two women in the house, we both cry at movies. We both cried at the stupid Encanto movie. And I love life's different obviously. And I I really thought that would have been the whole reason that she left because she had a very healthy love of sex type thing. Sex is a little different. As we get older, we don't have as, you know, you don't have as much sex. Some people maybe, but the most people I talk to generally don't have as much sex as when you're 20. I mean, come on, come on. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) who has that kind of energy? But some of that dynamic has changed. And when we're out, some people, you know, same thing with my daughter and her wife. You see two women, oh, they're holding hands, things like that. So do you have any advice for a trans person contemplating transitioning? Do it. Make sure you do it. I had a couple people come out after I did. One, I helped inspire. They were just a coworker. We were talking about work. And how I wasn't accepted at work. They messaged me like, how do you do that? And I said, I just go in there with a positive attitude every day. And next thing I know, they're sending me their cross-dressing pictures. And I said, you look great. Are you going to? And I was like, I think I think I want to. I said, you need to make sure because you're married with a kid, two kids, I think. So weigh, weigh your consequences and kind of do that. And same thing for me, it just, either you move forward or you fall backward. And sometimes backwards is never good. They didn't stay married, but they have a decent relationship. And the kids, kids are resilient. They are just, my son was just like, all right, what do I call you? So my advice is not for everybody, I guess, but the best thing for me was fly under the radar. Do everything you can. Before transitioning, I wore the women's shoes. I bought generic women's shoes. I had women's jeans and just kind of go through that. My whole family had no clue. Well, Shell knew what jeans I had, but just small steps. 
I grew my hair before transitioning. I did not instantly take the hormones or just poof, say I'm trans, change my name on a Monday and just wear a wig and go from there. I worked on my hair. I worked behind the scenes, taking the hormones and I worked on my voice. So you're prepared when you come out and face the world. So when I came out as Jess, they're like, oh, but you know, they're taken aback a little bit because they know you before, but they're more receptive of you going forward. Not everybody is able to do that. Some people religious. I have my daughter's one friend, family is very religious. She can't cut the hair. So trans male, but long hair and can't change your name. So outside of the family, it's Connor. And once Connor moves out, the hair's gone and you just kind of work your way. So you do shorter, shorter hair. You start your testosterone and kind of go from there. And I would just say, do it and get a therapist because they're going to make you do it anyway. They'll support you. The therapist, my therapist supported me wholeheartedly. And when you want that letter, they just, yeah, absolutely. Because we've had so many sessions and this person's ready, more than ready. Because for whatever reason, people don't think you're ready. You've only known since age four, but people, are you really (laughs) sure? Are you really sure? You know what that is, right? I mean, no, we don't. We don't. I mean. No, can you explain to me what it really is? It's, It's just crazy. I've been a scout when I was younger. So I just have that be prepared attitude. Be prepared for the people. The best thing I had was I think in college, I had like a sociology and psychology class, different personalities. So every person has a different response and just, you know, be prepared and give people time, give people time that you're going to come out to. Even if that first response is less than stellar, unless they really throw you out, it's still a good response and just give it time. So that's about what I would think and practice. Because I practice my makeup, I practice my voice. The voice is weird because everybody has different takes on the voice. As far as some people um, on YouTube go, you got to do the pitch. Your pitch is 100 and something frequency. And then we just go from there. And you have a higher feminine voice and a lower feminine voice. And do your research. Because me, I had no clue what that was. But you and I are music people. You're better than I am. But I go, oh, all right. I sing these songs on the radio. I am in the key of E flat. So I would sing along to say Billy Joel. Right. So then I work within my own voice to go up to a B flat. So it just raises a little bit. And they have different exercises and all kinds of stuff where you have to put your tongue in the back of your throat. You got to practice. If I just stay in this B flat scale, type thing. It's a range. It's a range. You can still go down to E flat a little bit, but just a little, little bit off. And for me, that works well. I don't know if that method works well for everybody. I would say sing along to the radio, big time. You're alone in the car, sing whatever song you want. Sing it higher. Sing it higher. You don't, you don't want to sound like Minnie Mouse because that just sounds so weird. <laughs> but if you get used to singing higher, you start hearing your voice where kind of where you want it. And then you sing these songs a little higher. So when I sing my songs, Billy Joel's higher than. So he sings the lower part. I sing the higher part. Go on to Journey. Now Queen, eh, 
because his voice is so great all over that <laughs> I can't compete and I can't sing. I can't sing, but in your head, I can, I can play with things and just work on that. And my voice sounds different in my head than it does out to you. And just speak with confidence, have confidence. That's probably been one of the biggest things. You just come out. You're terrified, terrified. Go to the beach for the first time, terrified. But I went out there with confidence and authority. Chin up, chest out, you go. And you'd be so surprised that people don't even think of it. Because if you're not confident enough, people will pick that up faster than anything else. Well, when you called me for my birthday experiment back in the fall, I didn't recognize the number. I answered it. I didn't recognize your voice because we hadn't spoken before that in forever, decades. And it sounded just like a girlfriend of mine in Jersey, but she doesn't live in Virginia. She lives in Jersey. And I was like, who is calling me? (laughs) (laughs) But it was easily identifiable as female. Okay. Thank you. It matched a female who I know. That is good to know. I have one friend that I went to college with or high school with, and she came out. She's, she's gay and married, but she's a speech person. She commented that I have a, a good voice and you work at it. You, you sing the song so much and you work at it. So it becomes second nature. That's it. Different variations and different emotions. Different circumstances and emotions. Sing the sad song. Sing the angry song. So when you're in real life and you are angry or sad, your voice matches naturally. And you go from there and you find what works for you. So thank you. Thank you because that's always been a struggle. I've, But weird enough, when I used to be on the phone before, I would have telemarketers or so I'd talk to. And this is before transition. And they'd be like, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, sir. (laughs) So that was weird. If I was on the phone, sometimes I would get read as female. And I get female now. They're just rarely somebody says, sir. And telemarkers hear so many voices. Don't let other people get to you either. That's what I I would say. I would recommend grow a little thicker skin on sometimes because they will. They will have a thing. You will always be a man. You'll always be a woman. Meh, let it run off your shoulders. It's still there. It's still in my head. But one of my songs, Shake It Off by Florence Machine, just shake it off. Not Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. But you just, poof. All right, then that's fine. A little salt. Now, if it's parents, you know, maybe it's a little harder to take. But generally, you know. Makes sense. My last question for you, I'm going to circle back into a usual question from my person next door episodes. And that is, if you had to be famous for something, what would you like to be famous for? Wow. Kindness. Like Keanu Reeves. Kindness. Why? Because I've always been kind. I have two stepdaughters that each took my last name because I've been so loving and kind. I have friends that have stood behind me because I've been kind. I would totally be Keanu Reeves that can do anything, whether it's the Matrix or John Connor and kick butt. He's always kind. That poor guy has struggled and had trauma in his life and he's still kind. Yeah, I would totally want to be famous for that. 
it would be just nice to make that kind of money. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for talking to me today. This conversation has been wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's just enjoyable. So thank you. Thanks for listening. Ordinary Chaos is written, produced, edited, and all the things by me, Heath. The music was created by Keith Kelly. You can find show notes and learn more about the podcast, about Keith, or about me at OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. As always, Ordinary Chaos is an ad-free podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com, scroll down, and click Support the Podcast. 